You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bucknutters, welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, August 19th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Matt Baxendale. Bax, actually some good news to quote-unquote report. Jeff Snook with the latest Snook Bomb reporting that the Big Ten, at least Ohio State's leading the charge to try and find five other teams from the Big Ten to play, and they, Gene Smith is leading the charge, and seems like Nebraska wants to do it. Iowa wants to do it. Penn State wants to do it. Wisconsin wants to do it. They need one more. They want Michigan. They want to play a round robin. Each team plays every other team twice. You get a total of 10 games, no Big Ten championship game. Back, so you're telling me there's a chance. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, I, first of all, Jeff Snook, for those of you who aren't familiar, is very tight in. He's been doing things for 30 years. He's a guy who pretty much was on top of the whole urban thing that happened two years ago whenever Ryan Day took over as the interim coach. If he's writing this, I put a little more credence into it than uh, future Big Ten commissioner Sir Yacht. So this is the first point where I'm going to be putting actual hope on a season. Um, Gene Smith, if he's truly leading the charge behind the scenes for this, may make up for all of his foibles early in his career if he manages to pull off the 2020 season. Uh, It would be a very big achievement for our athletic director to have returned college football to Ohio State. Now, it's not crazy that this could happen either. Right now in the states of Pennsylvania and Ohio, the only two football teams that are not playing are Ohio State and Penn State. So I think we can all see the idiocy on that front. Uh, But right now, look, I don't think Michigan's going to go for it because they don't want to lose to Ohio State twice in one season. But Good news is, I think Purdue would gleefully do it. Uh, Mitch Daniels has been pretty vocal all along about having kids back on campus. He's been pretty vocal about all these things. He's the former Republican governor of Indiana. That's the president of Purdue University. So I think Purdue would have the buy-in to be the sixth school. What it sounds like that they're going for in this group of, uh, of schools is to try to get the biggest name brands possible to make this as valuable and as meaningful as possible. But right now you have Ohio State and you have Penn State. You, you've essentially got enough people to put together a season that people care about. You throw in Iowa and Nebraska, who are two pretty big darn big brands in their own right. Uh, Wisconsin sounds like, I bet you at the end of the day, Barry Alvarez gets his way convincing the president there to do it. I don't think our rivals will do it, though. I, I just don't see it happening. Uh, with the climate going on in that state politically, with their president being pretty outspoken about being a no, I bet you they don't play, but at this point, I'm really starting to wonder if we're going to get Ohio State playing. Yeah, regarding Michigan, you know, I, after reading Jeff Snook's report, you know, he said, you know, they really you know, want to get Michigan as that last team, but they're kind of like maybe holding out. Yeah, that makes sense to me because Mark Schlissel, the president in Michigan, from all reports, is one of the leading voices, if not the leading voice of the presidents, uh, to not have a season this fall. So, 
yeah, if they can't get Michigan, we get Michigan State, get Purdue, get somebody else. I guess if they're not going to get Michigan, maybe they wouldn't get Michigan State. Although, I don't know where Michigan State's president they don't falls Come on, let's face it. They got a coach who came in late. They don't have a quarterback. Tucker knows they'd lose every game. They're happy with not playing this year and developing. I'm with you, though. Give me Purdue. I, don't even, I really don't even care who the sixth team is. I just want, I want Ohio State to play college football. But, yeah, if it's not Michigan, get Purdue. I'm with you on that. And honestly, even if you have five, eight games is better than none. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, if, if, if they decide that they need Iowa and Nebraska, Ohio State and Penn State, um, and Wisconsin, that's more than good enough. Because that's, what, four top 25 teams right there? If Iowa's right on the periphery, I think, at this point, plus Nebraska. I mean, if the worst school you have playing is Nebraska, that tells you the value of the Big Ten, really. That means you have some serious football schools, and then you have some joker football schools that nobody cares about, like Rutgers and Maryland. So uh, I don't, I don't want to say this is going to happen, but between this and all the other stuff going on, it sure seems like there's some momentum right now to reinstate a season. And as you alluded to yesterday – Governor Mike DeWine here in the great state of Ohio said high school football can happen this year. They're even going to have middle school football. So we're going to be – if this doesn't work, if Gene Smith's plan doesn't work, if they can't have Ohio State football, we're going to have a situation where we have middle school football, high school football, Cincinnati Bearcats football, Bengals quote-unquote football, Browns quote-unquote football, though the Browns are kind of on the, on the uptick. Although the Bengals can't get any worse than what they were last year. So I, I guess I got to say they're on – my team's on the uptick as well. But this is going to be insanity, backs. Even, even for 2020 standards, if we have high school football in the state of Ohio, which we are, and we don't have Ohio State football, I mean, that might be 2020 in a nutshell right there. Yeah. Uh, it, it sums it up. That's why I said Sir Yacht's the future Big Ten commissioner at this point. Because it's already weirder than heck this year. How much weirder can it get? It feels like we're living in that movie Idiocracy where, like, the, you know, the president, the, was it Nacho Dorito Mountain Dew or whatever his name was? I don't even remember. So, you know, it, it, is, it is quite a weird year. But there is zero logic, by the way, that the Big Ten is not going to be playing football in these states that want to play football. Uh, one other thing, too, that I think needs pointed out here is that there was a lot of talk about the potential heart side effects that come from this whole uh, – you know, any, any type of coronavirus and that they're concerned about the long-term health of athletes because of the heart issue. Well, one of the leading cardiologists at Michigan, a school that doesn't even want to play, came out and said that whatever data they were using for that is wrong. It's extremely rare. You can get it from the flu and the cold as well. And it's extremely treatable if you're watching for it. So it's essentially an excuse. So that's another thing that's been knocked over here. Just remember whenever Kevin Warren was really pushing for this, which is at the end of the day, this is a Kevin Warren decision. It's, we don't even know if the president's voted officially or not, right? This is a Kevin Warren push decision, and it's honestly the reason I don't think Kevin Warren makes it very long as a commissioner. But the, the truth is, is that one of the big things they pushed was uncertainty and heart problems. Well, that heart problems thing has sort of been debunked by the Mayo Clinic, which is based in Minnesota, is one of the best in, in medical institutions on the planet. One of the leading cardiologists at the University of Michigan. There's this whole big thing about how the Southern schools – looked into this and said, no, we think that's totally wrong. So we're supposed to be the scions of academia. We're supposed to really focus on education. We're supposed to be smarter than the guys down south. But our, our, our leadership can't even read. This is great news for us. But the good news is, is it may be enough of an excuse to get football back in October. 
You've mentioned Sir Yacht a couple of times. The uh, listeners probably have no idea what you're talking about. Some might, do, some might, but there's somebody on Twitter who's been kind of acting like he has inside sources. What What do the listeners need to know about Sir Yacht on Twitter? Well, God bless Sir Yacht. He claims he's the CEO of Ohio and he's a, a, bo- a bro on a boat in Lake Erie. So sounds like he's living the good life. Uh, so the reality of the situation is, is that when the cancellations went down, this dude was screaming at the top of his lungs, we're going to have football this year, which is fine and dandy, and I hope he's right. Uh, but when you have 14 Big Ten universities and all the media that covers them, I'm pretty sure the news of all this coming down isn't going to come through a dude named Sir Yacht on a boat. So uh, just like, for example, last night, I posted the Jeff Snook thing on Twitter. Five minutes later, Sir Yacht posts pretty much verbatim what the Snook report said and then decides to call me a bitch afterwards for having that report for joking that Sir Yacht isn't as uh, verified as Jeff Snook. So, you know what? Good for him. He, he, he guessed there was a possibility of it. Who knows? Maybe he knows somebody who's, who's, who, who knows someone. I don't know. End of the day, uh, you know, if you're putting all your hopes on a random Twitter account, it's a little different than putting your hopes on the investigative reporting of a guy like Jeff Snook and other places like that that have been covering all this. Let's face it, we all know that Ohio State has been trying to make things happen behind the scenes. We all know Nebraska and Iowa are livid and want to play. We know Penn State's in the same boat that we are because they have a really strong team this year. So, you know, you can make some guesswork and, uh, and, and hopefully end up right. And, hey, I hope Sir Yacht is right. Like I said, he'd be a better commissioner than Kevin Warren, that's for sure. So, you know, but at the end of the day, uh, we in the Ohio State fandom have seen plenty of examples of educated guesses being treated as inside information. And, uh, you know, I'm waiting to make sure we have concrete things coming out here. But the good news is we do have concrete information from Jeff Snook. We've got a concrete finalized date, which is today, which is the day that the parent letters are asking for, not just asking for, demanding a response. We have tomorrow when Sean Wade's dad's picketing the Big Ten offices in Chicago, even though Kevin Warren won't be there like expected. So there, there's momentum, folks, regardless of whether Jeff Snook, Bucknuts, or Sir Yacht is reporting it. It's a real thing. Yeah, and you know, for the listeners that are wondering, I mean, Jeff Snook is—he's got a lot of inside sources at Ohio State, and you know, he's—he's he's reporting things that Gene Smith is doing, that Dr. Christina Johnson, the president-elect, is doing, and he, you know, she—he's saying she's in favor of this plan that Gene Smith is putting together, that they're doing everything they can to have a football season. So, for those that are wondering if Jeff Snook's just posting rumors and stuff, no, he's getting his information from inside Ohio State, and that's clear. Just like you mentioned two years ago with the Urban Meyer, Zach Smith stuff, he was getting a lot of good information from inside Ohio State, not just inside the football program, but inside perhaps the president's office, the AD's office. He's been around for a long time. He's written a lot of books. Um, Jeff Snook has good sources. So I just wanted to make that clear, Bax, that this is not a guy just, you know, throwing stuff against the wall and hope it sticks. Jeff Snook has very good sources all around the university. Yeah, and just because he posts on Facebook doesn't mean anything, guys. Not everybody wants to be on social media. And Jeff's always been a pretty freelance, independent guy. So, you know what? This is the first substantialized, detailed report I have seen since the cancellation of there being major movement behind the scenes. We've heard stories. We've had people who aren't willing to go on record. We have all kinds of things we've heard, too. But nothing as substantialized and as detailed as this. And this is a big deal. Because it means Ohio State is actually starting to swing the big stick, which we've complained about for years. It's been sort of a hyper-focus the last couple weeks of why isn't Ohio State telling this conference, hey, 
pretty much we make the money in this league, so you can all SDFU and let's play, right? They're finally appearing to do that. And like I alluded to at the start of this, Gene Smith was at one point my nemesis. I called him Scheme Gene, who was the protector of his own job in the tax player bowl. And it, for years I was livid about the decision to play in that game and it cost the 2012 team a national championship opportunity. But Gene's rehabilitated his image the last couple of years. I don't know if, if it's just, you know, his elder statesmanship or whatever, but if he pulls this off, Gene Smith is more than rehabilitated in my eyes and probably in the eyes of anybody else who held a grudge over the way he handled the whole end of the Trestle era into the start of the urban era. Um, this would be exceptional. I also think a ton of credit probably needs to go to Ryan Day if this comes off. Ryan Day has been fighting as hard as he can for his players, organizing behind the scenes. And the reality is Ryan Day, on a personal level, knows damn well he has a national championship caliber team here, and he wants them to have the opportunity to play. And he's not going to let some rear-end covering, unfamiliar with the Big Ten lawyer whose kid plays in the SEC, tell him that he's not going to – have the opportunity to play this season unless he's exhausted literally every opportunity. And Dave, we've talked about this, the, the fear of what could happen with Ohio State's recruiting and the perception of the Big Ten as a big-time football conference if they're not playing and the SEC and company are. Well, if Ohio State is the school that fights against its own conference to get on the field, that's almost a bigger impact the other way. It shows how much it matters. None of those other schools had to go through this kind of adversity. And long-term from a recruiting point of view, which let's face it, on Bucknuts, we always are thinking about recruiting. This helps Ohio State. This helps Penn State. This helps Nebraska and Iowa and, and potentially Wisconsin if they play. It hurts our rivals. It hurts the schools that don't want to play. They're a second-tier program in most people's eyes already. They're going to drop down even more of a notch. But Ohio State's spot as a big-time program and Ryan Day's desire to be at Ohio State whenever he has a president and athletic director fighting as hard as they can along with him against a decision they don't agree with, these are all really good long-term signs. And it has to make, I think, everybody feel a little bit better about the whole long-term situation in terms of Ryan Day at Ohio State, recruiting, and the whole shebang. Speaking of recruiting, a lot of people were wondering, is this going to hurt recruiting with the Big Ten calling the season off, even though Ohio State's trying to, to fight to save it? Well, so far it's not. The Buckeyes picked up a commitment from high four-star athletes Dayson McCullough on Tuesday. He is the number seven athlete in the country in the 2022 class, so young men that are just entering their junior year of high school, uh, the number seven athlete in the country, like I said, number 71 overall player in the country in the 2022 class. So the beat goes on for Ryan Day on the recruiting front. Dayson McCullough, the son of Dylan McCullough, who was an outstanding running back for Miami University, played in the NFL, and is currently the running backs coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. So great get for the Buckeyes getting McCullough backs. Yeah, and he's a real intriguing player. So not, not too often we go to Kansas to get kids. So if we're going to Kansas, uh, it means that the kid's probably a pretty darn good player. He's the number one rated player in the state of Kansas. And the comparison everybody makes to him is Simmons from Clemson, who, strangely enough, was also a, uh, a Kansas kid, which is, you know, talk about a coincidence. But it, and even in his commitment video, he alludes to, he says, BIA, right? And – this is a guy who looks like he could be a linebacker, no question about it. He's got six foot five. He's got this gigantic frame. Uh, it's hard to imagine him playing in, in the defensive backfield, but he could be that guy who could play literally every position, like Simmons did at Clemson, who was just all over the field. And this is this is a Swiss Army knife of a recruit. 
He's hyper-athletic. You know he's going to be ready to prepare to play being the son of a coach. This is a really big pickup for Ohio State. It's another great addition to what's shaping up to be a very, very strong 2022 class. And, yeah, it shows that Ohio State's reach when it comes to getting kids from out of state. I mean, this kid was recruited by the entire country. I mean, USC to Miami to Clemson to Texas to Oklahoma to Ohio State. All those schools wanted this kid, and he picked Ohio State. So it shows Ohio State still got more than a little bit of cachet on the national front when it comes to name brand value and how players feel about them. Great stuff from Matt Baxendale. Really appreciate it, Bax. And thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. Have a great day, Bucknutters. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.